Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. He's Greg, I'm Nick. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet and AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health well greg uh patriots lose on sunday night we all know that by now uh last week i was very surprised i was maybe even shocked by your prediction as we headed into this game you were very confident that the patriots would win and that their offense would be able to move the ball rather easily of course those things didn't necessarily happen especially consistently on the offensive end why were you wrong about this one? Well, Nick, it's uh, it's a good question, and um, I was definitely wrong. I look, I watched the Dolphins film against the Chargers, and I watched how the Chargers basically went through the Dolphins' um, defense, especially on the ground over two hundred. I think it was two hundred thirty-three yards, and the Chargers, you know, they're a finesse team. They don't even run the ball that well. I mean, Austin Eckler's good and you know, all that, but you know, what I saw on film from the Dolphins defense, I was like, well, the Patriots can come out and, you know, I, I was expecting them to get their two guards back, which they did. Um, didn't have Trent Brown, but you know, I figured, you know, Calvin Anderson was basically, he, you know, he played decently well the first week and uh, you know, he'd be better with an, you know, being in the second game and they'd figure out left tackle and no Jalen Phillips in the game. Of course, that didn't happen until later in the week. But that was even a bonus to cherry on top that Miami's best uh, edge player, front seven player, was out of the game. And I thought that the Patriots would be able to impose their will and, and run the ball. And I thought that running the ball and play action would be a big part of this game for the team. And, and, it, and it started off you know, well enough. I mean, they came out in 13 personnel, three tight ends for about the first three plays of the game. And, you know, they ran a short pass for five yards, short pass for four yards, a run for six yards and a run for eight yards. I'm like, okay, well, this is what I expected. And then everything fell apart. I mean, you know, you even had a little bubble screen to Demario Douglas, you know, nice play nine yards. Here they are in Miami territory. They're driving. And then all of a sudden, you know, Cole strange gives up a minus two, run Cole strange gives up a sack in 1.7 seconds and Cole strange isn't good on the screen. And all of a sudden they're punting and, and it was just, it it looked like Bill O'Brien was scared off by the offensive line that Cole strange wasn't ready to play um, when it wasn't great in this game either. And I just thought, you know, as far as I thought the Patriots offense would be able to do some things and they couldn't run the ball after that drive. There was no play action in the game. 
and they basically got owned up front. I mean, credit to Vic Fangio. He made he made a lot of adjustments. They did a lot of slanting in this game, which the Patriots weren't ready for up front. Uh, there were a lot of Patriots offensive linemen on the ground, which is never a good thing to see, and, and I don't think I've ever seen that before out of this group. They just got whooped up front, and then defensively, you know, I I knew that they would limit the the Dolphins and Tyreek Hill, and they wouldn't give up big plays. But I didn't expect the game plan that they came out with, which was basically like it was almost a version of pre prevent defense with three deep safeties most of the time. They just gave up the underneath stuff. They gave they, their defensive line got whooped by the Dolphins offensive line, something else I did not expect. And, you know, I just thought for the most part, I thought that the Patriots were pretty inept. Yeah, it was close. They had a chance at the end of the game, but I don't really think it was all that close. I thought Miami did exactly what they wanted to. I think they felt in control the whole game. And, uh, you know, to me, it was a hugely disappointing result for the for the Patriots. I thought that I thought that they had opportunities in this game. I just think where they are right now, Nick, offensively, they can't block. They have nothing at skill position. They benched Demario Douglas, which was a freaking joke. And then defensively, you know, we've seen this before with them against the Bills that they're just like, well, we don't want to give up any big plays. Josh Allen is just too good. You can now put the Dolphins into that mix now where the Patriots are just like, well, we're, you know, we're not going to force the issue. We're not going to try to make any plays. We're just hoping the other team makes mistakes. And, you know, the only thought I had watching this was, thank God Aaron Rodgers got hurt because who <laughs> knows what they would have done against them. But, you know, two out of the three teams in the AFC East, they don't even try to compete on defense now. And, um, I, you know, I, I, I just – they're in a rough place right now. I mean, I'm glad they're getting Zach Wilson this week, but, uh, you know, they're – it's just tough for them offensively they're they're they can't they don't have an identity they don't know what to cling to and defensively if if they don't feel they have the advantage they just sort of hang back and that's a dangerous place for a team to be yeah just two things to take away in the in the big picture here from this game offensively the offensive line man you know I've said this time and time again you and I've talked about it offensive line if your o-line stinks you're behind the eight ball and here's the thing i couldn't care less who the quarterback is if your o-line is this bad there's not many quarterbacks in the league we're talking about even some of the best quarterbacks in the league that would be able to overcome some of this offensive line stuff we're seeing it, you you have no run game you have no pass protection you're trying to run quick pass game just think about this your o-line is not pass protected so you have to run quick pass game, but then the quote unquote weapons that Mac has right now, they're not quick pass game weapons. They're not Tyreek Hill. They're, they're not Jalen Waddle. They're, they're like, they would have to run some semblance of what you see from Miami, but they don't have the guys on the outside. They don't have the weapons to run that kind of offense. So it's just all kind of a mess right now. And when you don't have explosive weapons, and you're constantly in tough down and distances, which they are because you can't run the ball, which means second and long and third and long. And then you're giving up sacks, which means, you know, down and distance is a nightmare. You don't have the kind of players with the explosivity 
that will get you those 15, 20 yard chunks. So it's, it all kind of rolls downhill from the offensive line and defensively, Greg, I agree with you. I, I just thought they lacked aggression. I, I thought they lacked mm-hmm. aggression. I thought they lacked physicality. I thought they lacked urgency. And I understand if you're going to tell me you're going to lay back and you're and the, and the whole idea is, Hey, we'll let you move the ball between the twenties, the old Ben don't break defense. That's fine. But in the first half, when Miami gets into the red zone, you cannot give up two touchdowns out of those three drives because you're, you're not bending, not breaking, you're breaking. And, and that's why you're down 17-3 at the half. All right, so that's just some overall thoughts. I, I want to, and we'll get more into an in-depth discussion about the offense, Greg, but I just want your general thoughts on how Mac Jones played in this game. Do you think he played some winning football on Sunday night? Uh, absolutely. I think that through two weeks, Mac Jones has played winning football. And and to piggyback off of your point about, you know, the weaponry weaponry and things like that, like, you know, because we, we viewed things in a certain way for so long, you know, when Brady was here and, and, you know, the whole scope of the team, but, you know, it's, it's a different NFL now. And like, you know, you, you really have to do, do one of two things. Either you need the, uh, you know, elite transitional, you know, uh, you know, just elevate everybody elite quarterback like Patrick Mahomes or, you know, and or you need to go get weapons. I mean, you know, people will pick apart this game from Mac Jones and, and there are certainly plays that that he missed and. and you know, this is sort of where I was after they didn't get DeAndre Hopkins. And it wasn't really about DeAndre Hopkins. It was just about not investing, not giving Mac anything to work with. Right. And, you know, also, you know, my my column on this season, when I picked them seven and ten before the season, I said they, they have the margin of error is just too small for this team. And, you know, Mac made a lot of really good plays in this game. You know, his mistakes get poured over. It, and and that's solely because he has no margin for error. Like he has to be perfect yep. for this team to score in the high twenties or thirties. I mean, you know, I went through it and I was looking at Tua and I and I wrote down and Tua. I probably had Mac for let's see, I had Mac for five throws that I questioned, including the interception, which I split with him and Devontae Parker. I, Tua had similar. Tua had an interception. You know, great catch by. Uh, by Gonzalez, but Tyreek Hill was open on the play. You know, Tua underthrew him through through way too much air. If he puts that ball in a line to Tua, it's probably a touchdown. He made a bad he made a bad throw, but because he has all these weapons, because he has scheme, because he has an offensive line that didn't really allow him to be touched in this game, everybody's talking about how great Tua is and how he's an MVP candidate. But, you know, Mac Jones does basically has the same game as Tua, but because he he has no offensive line and he has no weapons, you know, Mac gets criticized. And I don't think he's getting a ton of criticism in this game after this game. I'm sure there are people doing that. But, you know, Mac Jones dating back to last season, I was going through my my evaluations and I think that let's see, this is the fifth straight game dating back to last season that he's played positive football, according to my ratings. And it's six of seven. 
His completion percentage above expectation this week was six best in the league. He was only supposed to complete, I think, like 66, 67 percent of his passes, and he and he completed 73 percent. Um, you know, Mac is not the issue on this team. It's it's what Bill has done to him. And I really think this entire season, and we've talked about this before, after the DeAndre Hopkins thing, that this season is a litmus test and basically a measurement on can Bill construct a team in today's NFL? And through two games, the answer is no, because he just beefs up. He's done what he's always done. Beefs up defense, beefs up special teams, says offense, just take care of the ball, make a few plays, make some points, and we'll be fine. Through two games, that is not good enough. And and they can't, Mac Jones can't play perfect. No quarterback is going to play perfect. Tua didn't play perfect. But if you surround them with enough stuff and, and, you know, you know, even speed taking DeMario Douglas off the field, if you, you know, whatever that makes things easier, opens things up to it through the ball in two, two seconds. It was the lowest time to release in the league this year because the Patriots were hanging back and they were so afraid of the speed that there were, there were open guys all over the place. And so what, the, what the Patriots are trying to do offensively it looks like a losing proposition and, you know, we'll see, you know, how things go. The offensive line will get better. They'll get healthier. They'll get Tyquan Thornton back. Demario Douglas won't be in the doghouse, hopefully. Um, but still, you know, you, what you talked about, some of the past concepts, I mean, running a bubble screen to Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, who, who are we kidding? <laughs> I mean, the week before it was Ezekiel Elliott. Like, you know, you might as well put me out there. I mean, these guys aren't running away from anybody. So they, they just, they are talent deficient on offense, and it just makes everything harder. You are preaching to the choir, my man. We're not only in the same church. You and I are sitting in the same pew, and we are rubbing elbows together. Everything you just said is absolutely how I feel. It's mostly how I felt last week when they played the Eagles. It's mostly how I feel when you look back at last year. And by the way, here's a little bit of a tease. Nick Cattle Show podcast. I'm going to dive deep into Mac this week and, and actually the, the comeback theory that people have thrown out there and, and fans. And, and there's, a, there's a contingent that say like, Oh, Max incapable of coming back. You might be surprised when you look back at his rookie season and you look at the facts in those games that they lost that were close. I'll have some of that on my pod, but it's, it's what you see on, on Sunday night, Greg, here's the problem. Everybody wants to boil it down to the quarterback and it's just utterly ridiculous Every time the Patriots get down early in the game, it's well because they don't have a quarterback that can really get it going early on. They can't put points up on the board when they get down and Mac Jones can't score, you know, three second half touchdowns. It is somehow on Mac Jones. And, and the way it's handled is he gets like 90% of the blame. Perfect example on Sunday night, this team at, at the half was down 17 to three by really no fault of Mac Jones, go back and watch the game. You're down 17-3 at the half because your offensive line stunk. Greg highlighted Cole Strange on that first drive. He single-handedly ruined that drive by himself. So congratulations to Cole on that one. I know he might not be ready, but that's what happened. You had the Pop Douglas fumble when the Patriots were moving the ball. That is certainly not on Mac Jones. And the defense. The defense gave up 17 points in the first half. They gave up 237 total yards. Miami was three for five on third down. They were two for three in the red zone. 
The reason why you were down 17-3 at the half was not because your quarterback play. It was because of offensive line play, the fumble, and your defense did not do well enough in the red zone. Those are the facts, whether you like it or not. And Mac has become this scapegoat. It's just so easy to throw Mac under the bus because you just go back and think about Brady. And it's it's been unfair for this guy since he stepped into Foxborough. It really yeah, has Nick, been. To, to piggyback, to, to you know, add fuel to your fire. I mean, this, so far, through two games, this reminds me a lot of 2019 with Brady. When Brady didn't have much to, to work with, the offensive line wasn't that good. And, you know, yeah, they were 8-0 at one point, but we know that, you know, that was the schedule. I mean, if the Patriots had those cream puffs to start the season, they would have been, this this group would be 8-0 as well. But, you know, Brady was was miserable because he knew the Patriots didn't have it. And, you know, they're just right back in the same, Brady couldn't rescue that group. Mac Jones can't rescue this group. And, you know, it's, it's going to take, they are going to have to be perfect on offense. They are going, they're going to have to run the the crap out of the ball. They're going to have to incorporate more play action. And the other thing I wanted to add, you know, I, I think a lot of Bill O'Brien, and I th- I do think he's really good. And I think the game plans that you're seeing, I'm sure they're going to get criticism. And, you know, it looks a lot like Matt Patricia last year, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of that, which I don't disagree with. But he's smart enough to know. He he knows. He, he was like, he's like, we can't block any of this stuff. But I do think that. I do think that Billy is a little bit too in love with some of the concepts that he had at Alabama, the RPOs, the quick game and stuff like that. That stuff works and looks a lot better when you're at Alabama with Alabama talent compared to what you're playing against. And right now the Patriots offense is the other side of that coin. You know, they're, they're Troy, they're Auburn, they're, you know, whoever gets outclassed by Alabama, that that's what, Billy is working at a talent deficiency, just like Mac Jones is. And, and (laughs) there's no other way out of it than other than they're going to have to attain perfection on offense. And and that's just, that's a tough way to go. Yeah. You can't ask any quarterback in the league to be flawless. You know, you, you watch Patrick Mahomes. It was, I think it was three years ago. I, I don't quite remember which year it was, but Patrick Mahomes by a significant margin led the league in in interceptions that were dropped he made a ton of mistakes like three years ago I think it was Tyreek's last year or something I'm, I'm trying to remember but the point is quarterbacks make mistakes every week quarterbacks will make mistakes every week quarterbacks will miss guys that are open not every week will they turn the ball over but they will throw their share of interceptions guess what if you're waiting for Mac Jones to be flawless it's unreasonable expectations you'll be waiting for the rest of your life because nobody is perfect. And I know you just witnessed the goat for 20 years and the guy was as near perfect as you can be for most of the time. But as Greg pointed out, 2019, it's a comparison that I made last week on my pod. When, when you look at, you know, one possession games, Brady in 2019 and one possession games, his statistics, if you look at it, and I won't dive into the statistics, but trust me or listen to the pod I did last week. When you look at one possession games and you compare Mac Jones in one possession games throughout his Patriots career through the Eagles game, and you compare the one possession statistics of Brady in 2018, 2019, guess what? Mac Jones has better stats than Brady does. 
Doesn't mean he's better quarterback than Brady. I'll say that loudly. It's obvious. I'd be delusional if I thought that. Send me somewhere to get looked at. The point is, Brady's stats were close to Mac Jones's stats in one possession games because of 2019. Brady was so good in 2018 in one possession games. When you compare it to 2019, he fell off pretty much a cliff. I think he 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 completed like 55% of his passes. I think something crazy, like off a cliff. And it wasn't Brady because we saw Brady go to Tampa. Brady didn't lose it. And everybody, you know, not everybody, but, you know, some said back in 2019, like, oh, Brady's washed. Brady's done. Look, he's falling apart. He's not the same guy. What, what was it the quarterback or was it what Brady had to work with in 2019? And that's continued. It, from 2019 all the way until right now, the quarterback, no matter who it was, whether it was Brady, Cam, or Mac, they haven't had enough. We'll have more on Mac. We'll also have more on Bill O'Brien because there are a few questions I have for Greg. But uh, first, let's talk about our friends at FanDuel. I had a pretty rough week. I, I, I had some tough breaks on Sunday. Honestly, I really did. Um, I won a couple. I won a couple of them. I had Ramondre at like 50 yards rushing or something, and I had – uh, Mike Kosicki over 15 yards receiving, and I did that two-leg parlay with those two things. Uh, but I, I came up just short a couple of other bets. But FanDuel is a fantastic place to check out. I have won more than I have lost there by, by far. Uh, Greg, tell the fine people about our friends at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. I love those little suckers, those little bonus bets. It's like free money. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in mass. Hope is here. First online real wager only. $10 first deposit. Required bonus issued at non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right. Uh, just the two more things about Mac, Greg. I-, I thought it was interesting. I don't know if you did you watch the did you watch the Saints game last night at all? Uh, a little bit, but I-, I saw your tweet and I don't disagree that dime pass the Mac Jones to Kendrick Bourne that Kendrick yeah. doesn't catch. But uh, who was it on the Saints? Alave. Yeah. Yeah. So if you didn't see it, I-, I don't know if you can go back and watch it. Anybody listening or watching us here on, on YouTube. But uh, it, it's just a really a simple point, but it's I think it crystallizes what Greg has brought up and what we've talked about here about the, the difference between weapons like top tier weapons and guys that are good but not great. Mac had the throw to Kendrick Bourne down the sidelines on Sunday night. It was a perfect bucket throw and Bourne doesn't come up with it. If you watch last night, Derek Carr throws a sideline down the sideline pass, not nearly as good of a pass as Max was but he makes a good enough throw and allows his receiver, who is Chris Olave, a guy who was a star at the Ohio state. And I believe he was a first round pick. Yeah. He was a first round pick a couple years ago for the saints. Mm-hmm. And he makes a spectacular catch 
That is the difference. You're working with Kendrick Bourne versus Chris Olave. In Bourne, people said, oh, well, he got his, his wrist grabbed. Fight through it. You, you, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, in a little bit, Greg, with Devontae Parker on Sunday night. Fight through it. Like, yeah, you, that happens almost all the time. Defensive backs are always grabbing an arm or grabbing a wrist or grabbing a little tug of the jersey. You've got to fight through and make the play for your quarterback. And I just thought this was fascinating too, Greg, just reading over some of the, the rating stuff that you, you mentioned earlier here on the pod about how Mac has played consistently good football over the last six or seven games. Put that in perspective, Greg, because Max played well the last seven games, six out of the last seven, but we're now looking at a football team with your quarterback playing well. That's what, two and seven in the last nine games? Mm-hmm. It ain't the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, look, Nick, I, I would say, um, you know, and I, I made this point, I think, in our email. Um, if you put Mac Jones on the Dolphins, the Dolphins are 2-0. and oh. Absolutely. You know, um, you know, you put them on the Eagles. The Eagles are 2-0 and oh as well. I mean, I think that, you know, and, and just going through it, just so people know. So uh, let me give you the, the the plays that I did not like from Mac. So th- uh, there was the drive before halftime. There was a third and nine to Devontae Parker, and uh, it was incomplete. And I think th- I think they had to kick a field goal there. Now, I didn't like that. Mac stared down Devontae Parker, and, and do I think Devontae Parker could do a little bit more? And it was on his hands, and it was actually in a good spot because he threw it away from the safety, so it was a pretty accurate throw. But, you know, what Mac needs to do there, in my opinion, is, you know, he has to, he has to know that that's going to be their backside. He needs to keep the safety off look off the safety, look right, and then come back and fire that ball in there. Um, you know, he could use a little bit more juice there. There was a throw to um, – so one play – let's talk about Kendrick Bourne for a second. So Kendrick Bourne only played like I think 38 of 74 snaps. Yep. And this is just – just to reiterate the point, and we made it last week, there's a reason why Kendrick Bourne doesn't play on this team. I mean, when Demario Douglas gets benched, yet the Patriots are still going with 12 personnel, uh, which is a joke, you know, and they're not putting Kendrick Bourne out there. They, they don't have a lot of confidence in him. And there's reason to there. There was a play where uh, Mac threw it slightly out of bounds. Kendrick caught it, but it was just out of bounds near the goal line. That play was absolutely infuriating to me, the way Kendrick Bourne <laughs> ran that route. Like he, and, and I think Collinsworth said something about it that, you know, he, he turned it up too early. So Kendrick, basically that play, and they, they had the coverage they wanted. It was man-to-man. We've seen Wes Welker, Julian Edelman run this same sort of scene pass. Gronk, you know, same sort of thing. And basically what's supposed to happen is he's supposed to run, sprint up right on the cornerback and maybe give a, a head fake to the inside and then go around him. And if he gives that head fake, the cornerback the might – hesitate or that's the idea and Kendrick Bourne might have been wide open for a touchdown and and, and, but instead Kendrick Bourne runs out and when he's supposed to give a head fake he turns around and looks at Mac and just keeps running like this which of course slows (laughs) him down I mean it's just it's so bad it's so bad but you know Mac could have made a better throw there uh there was another throw to Kendrick Bourne um 
you know, that, that I, th- there were three throws to Kendrick Bourne, this, that, that I had minus throws for Mac Jones, you know, th- it, it just must be a, a Kendrick Bourne and Mac thing where, you know, this is just how bad Kendrick is it. And the interception, look, was he covered? Yes. Is, is Xavier Howard good? Yes. Most of the time he stunk last year. Um, do I think it was a poor decision to throw the ball there? No. Could it have been thrown a little bit differently? You know, maybe a little bit higher on the sideline where only Devontae Parker could get it if he makes a play? Yes. But here's the here's the problem. Devontae Parker was beaten like five steps into the route when he got yep. when he allowed himself to be shoved out of bounds. He's out of the play then. Like, all right, should Mac have just thrown it out of bounds at that point? Maybe. Mac might have had Hunter Henry in the middle, but even that was there was a safety over the top lurking. Like, I'm sorry, in the the way this roster is constructed, Devontae Parker, who you just gave an extension to, who is supposed to be Mr. 50-50 ball, he has one-on-one coverage with the cornerback. That's you've told Mac Jones to throw that ball, basically, by everything you've done with Devontae Parker. He's your quote unquote best wide receiver. Well, I mean, Juju gets paid more. But best boundary wide receiver. And I'm sorry, Devontae cannot allow himself to be shoved out of bounds. You see a wide receiver get shoved out of bounds. That's a fail for the wide receiver. Yep. He has to, he has to, he, he's played against Xavier and Howard. They used to be teammates. Howard used to kick the crap out of him and practice all the time. Devontae should know how he's going to play that. And Devontae comes off and you know he has outside leverage you know you're going to have to do something to make room. Devontae's got to put a shoulder in down there. You know, and, and I think Max expecting Devontae to be physical, to not get owned, to not get pushed out of bounds, and then all of a sudden, like, stop and jump in front of him and, and, and make a catch. That's how that ball was thrown. And so I don't think it was an egregious interception. I split it between the two of them. I lean a little bit more towards Parker where, like, he at least has to break that up so it's not an interception. But, you know, his punk ass got pushed out of bounds. Like when you see a, <laughs> when you see a receiver get pushed out of bounds, like you you've lost. That is that's, you know, in coaches will tell you that's not being physical enough. And Devontae Parker's got to be more physical than that and he can't allow himself to be ridden out of bounds. That's a fail for the wide receiver. Didn't love the interception by Mac. Didn't love uh the decision uh, by by Mac in that in that situation, the timing of the decision, and he could have made a better throw. But I also agree with you on Parker. Dude got bodied. He got bodied on that route. He got abused. And Mac, when when you're a quarterback and you're throwing the football to your, as Greg said, your perceived number one receiver, you're trusting that guy. Like it's so funny to me that. People want quarterbacks to trust receivers and, and they're, and they're, you know, pass catchers that we're saying a lot now because tight ends aren't receivers, blah, blah, blah. And then when a quarterback trusts one of their pass catchers and the pass catcher doesn't give the quarterback 100%, again, we go back to it's the quarterback's fault. Um, Bill O'Brien, just, just some things Greg wanted to say uh, that I wanted to say about him and, and get your thoughts on. I'll run down uh, the list here quickly. I thought they got very predictable on Sunday night between the screen game and, and also under center. They, they ran the football the vast majority of the time when, when Mac was yep. under center 
Uh, we, again, we didn't see much play action and I understand offensive line has something, if not a lot to do with that. So um, a little bit predictable for me from O'Brien. I also thought the situational play calling, I wanted your thoughts on two play calls that I hated in this game, actually three. So it's, it's second and nine what quarter? late in the second quarter. And they decide to run the football. I think it was Ezekiel Elliott, and it went nowhere. Or it might have been a second and eight, and then it got to, to nine because they yeah, lost it was the yard. Second and eight, Ezekiel Elliott minus one. Hated that play call. Second and nine. Again, your run game is starting to fall apart. You're just begging for a third and long when you run the ball there. But I had a much bigger issue, and this was to me. I want to hit two things here, Greg. Number one, I want to I want to talk about Bill O'Brien's play calling, and then I want to talk about Bill Belichick's decision making. Mm-hmm. The drive in the third quarter, yeah, I believe it was the first drive in the third quarter, and it's you're moving the ball, you're moving the ball. You get down yep. to the you get down to the Miami forty three. You have a second and one from the Miami forty three. You have all of the playbook at your disposal at that point. You can take a shot. You can do something fun and creative. You, you can do whatever you want. Second and one from the Miami 43. You run the football stuffed. Now you're looking at third and one-ish. And they ran a toss play. That mm-hmm. lost three yards. Second and one from the Miami 43. Back-to-back runs. You lose three yards. Okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before I get to the Belichick part of this, just your thoughts yep. on those play calls I mentioned. So, um, you know, I, I definitely I, I had those two plays circled as sort of, um, uh, you know, crucial points in the game. Um, you know, very similar to the you know opening drive where you know they're moving the ball and right around the Miami forty, or then they just disintegrate. Um, I like your thought on yeah, you know I. I would have to look at the film to see if Mac checked out of that play. There might've been a shot play called, but then Mac saw the defense and he changed and he checked to a run. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but I put, but I, I do like the thought just in general of yeah. Second and one, take a shot. Like, you know, you're, you're at the plus 42, like you, you have trouble screwing. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's go for a shot. Now I put, I put that stuff on Stevenson. I thought there was, he, he sort of pitter pattered in the backfield. And um, it was that because he doesn't well. trust the offensive line, Greg, is he, I think he, he's yeah. dancing a decent amount this year so far, the first two games, is that the O-line? He just doesn't trust the in front of him. Yeah. I, I think, I think, you know, what's where he's supposed to be running the ball. It's just not there. And I think that, you know, because of the lack of continuity and lack of practice with all these guys, you know, he's just, he's indecisive where, you know, that play, he just needs to hit it up there. He needs to pick up the first down. Now the fourth down play, I, I would be interested. I haven't gotten an answer on this yet. So I don't love toss plays in general, but that was the play. If people are, are you know, thinking of the game, they run a toss play and it's, it's Calvin Anderson next to Pharaoh Brown. 
and Farrell Brown's only been here a couple weeks. Um, both of those players go, they both pull basically. And then somebody runs right through that gap. I think it was Javon Holland. Um, yeah, it was yeah. runs right through and takes him down for a four yard loss. So to me, and I do think the rest of the play was blocked. Well, um, so to me, my interpretation of that was Pharaoh Brown screwed up that because if you watch Calvin Anderson does a drop step with his right foot means like he's, he's giving ground to get around basically Pharaoh Brown's supposed to block down on Javon Holland. It's a pin pull thing where Pharaoh Brown blocks down Calvin Anderson goes around him, And I do think they have a pretty decent play. They at least pick up the first down, but somebody didn't execute that. Right. I think it was Brown, but I can't be certain about that, but you know, there, there were definitely, there were definitely a few play calls in this game that I, I, I wrote down, like in the first quarter, first and 10 at the New England 14, Mac Jones, Mac Jones passing complete short left to Juju Smith-Schuster. I put call. I don't know if that was one of those bubbles to Juju. Don't we ever run like a bubble, bubble to screens. Juju. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just, I think, I, to me, Billy always does something for a reason. And, you know, I've been behind game planning with them, with the Texans, and, and I understand everything that goes into it. Everything that they have called or the approach that they're going to take, there's a reason to do that. I think they just lacked complete confidence in the offensive line. And that's where they are right now. I want to get to Belichick quickly because I, I, I have not heard anybody talk about this just yet, but it was a decision that really bothered me. So same drive we're talking about. You're now yeah, yeah. fourth and four from the Miami 46. So you're at the plus 46. You're down two touchdowns. Fourth mm-hmm. and four. Bill punts. Yep. First thing. Ridiculous. Be aggressive. Reminds me of what was going on defensively. Just lacked urgency and aggression in this game. From the coaching staff down to the field, lacked it. Fourth and four, 46-yard line on the plus side. You're down two touchdowns. Bill, what do you have to lose, my friend? That's the first thing. Secondly, the inconsistency from the head coach. Greg, you mentioned it. This team doesn't have an identity right now. The head coach doesn't have an identity. In week one against Philly, fourth and eight, fourth and three, fourth and 17, fourth and 12, go, 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 go. When your defense, I thought, actually played better against Philly than it played against Miami. You're looking at a fourth and four. Week one, week one, Belichick is going for that. Week two, Belichick is punting. Have some guts. I don't, I don't know if you agree with that, but I, I, I hated the punt. I hated that decision. Get, you know, get behind your quarterback here. Get four yards and move the damn chains. Yeah, I, I had the same thought, Nick, live. I was like, all right, they had lost, you know, so they went no gain minus four yards and it's fourth and four or fourth and five at that point uh, in the game book. And and I was just thinking, like, go for it. I mean, you're down 17 to three. You stop them to start start the second half. Like, you know, what's the harm? Um, and, and we also, speaking of Belichick inconsistency, we might as well have the DeMario Douglas discussion now. Oh, God. Um you know, and, and if I start to yell, I, you know, I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> it's the, his decision to bench Demario J- Douglas in, in just in general in this game, Nick, I, you know, and, you know, w- seeing some of it on, on TV, 
I got sort of like Bill Belichick, late Don Shula sort of vibes, like old man on the sideline barking, like, you know, nothing's going right. Like, you know, but the Demario Douglas thing, like, it's a complete joke. One of the Dolphins, a prominent Dolphins defender told me after the game, he's like, Demario Douglas is the only good player on that offense. And Bill took him out of the game. Why? <laughs> you know, the kid, the kid, even when I coach, I I tell the kids, I said, look, if you make an aggressive mistake, that's okay. You know, you make a, a mistake being careless or, or what have you, then we might have a problem. But if you're being aggressive and you make a mistake, all right, that happens. At least you're trying to make a play. The kid tried to make a play. He did earlier in the game. He did on that. He that, that stop out of nowhere and then speed back up. You're like, holy crap. Like the Patriots have a guy who can make somebody miss. And then, you know, Bradley Chubb came from behind and, and, and made a play. You know, that's a good player. Dolphins gave up a lot to get him. It's going to happen. It wasn't like Demario Douglas was like, you know, carrying the ball like a loaf of bread and, or holding it out or whatever. And it got knocked away. Bradley Chubb just made a better play. Maybe because he's like six foot five and 290 pounds. And Demario Douglas is like five, six and 180 pounds. But here's my thing about Demario Douglas. He shouldn't even be on the field. The only reason he is on the field that a six round pick out of Liberty is playing Sunday night football in his second NFL game is because Bill Belichick left this roster so damn thin on offense that they have no choice but to put this kid on the field. And I love Demario Douglas and I think he's real and I think he's earned being out there. But Bill can't like you can't penalize the kid for your mistake. It's your mistake that you didn't get enough on offense that you got to, you know, put six round picks out there. You know, it wasn't an egregious mistake. The kid just made a mistake. Ezekiel Elliott fumbled in the first freaking game. Does he get yep. benched? No. Like, what are we doing here? Like, it's like Bill is just so inconsistent. He, I don't know if he's starting to forget things, but like, it's, it's, it's starting to get to the point where it's a joke. Like some of Bill's decisions and how he does this and doesn't do this. And he gets after, you know, gets up to the podium after the game. And he's just like, not much to say about that. Oh, really? You fall to 0-2 at home? You've lost seven of nine and there's not nothing to say about it? Like, what are we doing here with this team? As Julian Edelman would say on, on Inside <laughs> the NFL. What are we doing? Like, seriously. You know, cut your nose to spite your face. I mean, Demario Douglas, you needed him. He's the only guy who can make anybody miss. He's the only guy who could take a, one of these short little crappy plays that which they can run. It's the only thing that can run right now. And he can go 80 yards for a touchdown. Freaking Devontae Parker stinks. Juju stinks. Yeah, I don't hear any, I don't hear any of the receivers um, mouthing off about stink, stank, stunk right now. I mean, Juju is terrible at this point. Juju Sanu is probably being kind like, and you benched Demario Douglas. Like what, the, what the F are we doing around here? Like seriously. It's, yeah. It's ridiculous. It's you mentioned the inconsistency again, the inconsistencies on fourth down decision-making the last two weeks, the inconsistency, how you handle Zeke and Demario Douglas. And people might say, yeah, but he's a rookie. It was a very good play by Chubb. Elliot was more careless than Douglas was with the football yep. on their fumbles. What did DeMario, DeMario Douglas do that was so wrong and sinful against the game of football on Sunday where the young dude had to get benched? couple points. Number one, you didn't play him a lot in the preseason, Bill. Well, what did he get, five snaps on offense in the preseason? Good and point. now 
and now he fumbles the football and now you're going to actually get mad at him when you didn't have him out on the field playing against the live bullets in the preseason when he's a sixth round pick and a rookie that's on you bill that ain't on pop that's on you secondly why the hell is he returning punts then bill pointed this out and said well, you know, uh, after uh, the non-answers, which I totally uh, agree with you, and I tweeted this out at Nick's D Radio, that doesn't work anymore, okay? But the Bill Belichick snorting and, and, and getting all, you know, chapped ass with the media because, God forbid, somebody asks you why you bench the only explosive offensive player that you have right now, that doesn't work anymore when you've gone 2-7 and seven in your last nine games. You, don't, you no longer get the benefit of the doubt, Bill. Those days are over, my friend. And, and you need to take accountability as the head coach and, and tell the fans why you decided to bench the only explosive offensive player. But Bill used it and said, well, he was still out there returning punts. Why? You, 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 didn't, you didn't trust him as a receiver for the rest of the game. And don't give me this. I know they're trying to cover Bill's ass here, but don't give me he, he, he wasn't in the packages. They said the same thing about Juju in week one, the packages. Put him in more packages. He deserves to be in more packages then. Package, package, package. Put him in a package. Ha- have him in every package if you need to. He's the only dude that can wiggle. He's the only receiver that has wiggle out there. Put him in, put him in more packages, Bill and Bill O'Brien. But if, if you don't trust him with the ball in his hands on the field, but you trust him in, 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 in catching punts, which I think is more difficult than running with the football. What? Whoa. I'm taking crazy pills. And it, it's just, it is so, imagine being Mac because people said after the game, like, oh, you know, he, you know, Mac said a little extra about Pop Douglas. Yeah, just imagine being Mac Jones, okay, right now. Be, like your offensive line sucks. They can't pass protect. You're getting guys running at you every single snap, pretty much. You have no run game to go to to take a breath. You have receivers that can't separate when you're trying to run a quick pass game because your O-line sucks. And then the one receiver who actually can separate and give you some yak, your head coach benches them because a veteran defensive player makes a very good play. After what happened last year with the offensive staff, Mac Jones, honestly, he should go out there and be like, is anybody paying attention to this BS? What do you expect from me? All right, we've got a couple of quick notes on the defense uh, coming up. All right, let's get to the defense quickly, Greg. One question I had for you, the way the Patriots approached the game defensively, which you talked about earlier, how much did that have to do with Jonathan Jones not being active and then Marcus Jones going down during the game. Zero. Zero. Okay. I mean, that they came out with, uh, I, I think their plan, their big wrinkle was, um, <laughs> their big thing was, okay, we're going to come out with basically three deep safeties, sort of a, like an umbrella defense. And the Dolphins aren't going to expect that. That's going to trip them up. And Dolphins go right down the field. Um, so, you know, they, they played a little bit more man coverage as, you know, as they had to do with uh, – when the score became like it did. Um, but I don't think, I don't think that had anything to do with anything um, in this game. I thought miles Bryant for the most part was fine. You know, he gave up a deep pass to Jalen Waddle, but that was a dime throw and a dime catch. Talk about, you know, a receiver going up and making a play. Um, and what do you expect? That's a first round receiver against a undrafted free agent um, 
safety slash cornerback or whatever. Um, the the one sort of point I wanted to make about the defense. Um, so, you know, it, people, it, it's funny. When the Patriots were winning games all the time, people would play, say, stats are for losers. Now the Patriots aren't winning on the field and they're trying to find other ways to win. And now they 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 point to, you know, points allowed or we didn't do the defense did their part, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry, but the Patriots did not stop the Dolphins in this game. The, for the most part, the Dolphins stopped themselves. First drive, two of fell on third down, led to a field goal. They were on like the three-yard line. <laughs> I hate to laugh, but he literally he lived, he fell. He, he, ro- yeah. he rolled his ankle on the drop back and just yeah. And it, went, went, it, the guy was open in the flat. He might have scored, and they might have <laughs> gone for it if it was close enough. Second drive, touchdown. Third drive, two of missed throws on second and third down that were there. He just missed them. Fourth drive, touchdown. Second half, opening drive. This was the first time where the Patriots – this was the first time the Patriots made a play in the game. They actually did a nice job where they doubled Waddle and they hit Tyreek Hill off the line, and that led to a Judon coverage sack. So that was nice. Sixth drive, Dolphins were driving. Holding penalty leads to first and 20 block field goal. They, you know, they probably should have had, you know, three points there. Seventh drive, Waddle dropped and then Hill tripped on third down. Eighth drive, badly underthrown INT by Tua. He was open. Gonzalez, great job high pointing the ball. Great catch, but his technique was not good on the play. He, his, his hips were all wrong. And if Tua throws that ball on a line, it's probably a touchdown. But, you know, good result. Ninth drive, Moser touchdown on first down. They don't even touch the guy. He goes through oh, the defense. Was, that like was cheese. That was awful. 10th drive, Tua fumbles the snap on, I think it was third and one. And McDaniel said he was going to go on fourth down, but because he fumbled the snap, I think they lost three yards. They missed the field goal. And that was it. I mean, the Patriots didn't do anything to me on defense. It was just, you know, they're hoping the other team makes big mistakes. The Dolphins made a few mistakes. That's why the score wasn't worse than it was. I mean, the Dolphins should have had at least another six points um, with the block field goal and the missed field goal. Um, so that's what I have to say about the defense. Yeah, I tweeted out that Mac Jones uh, was the reason why the Patriots were competitive in that game. If he wasn't the quarterback, they would have been humiliated. And I got pushback from a few people on X saying, uh, oh, the defense and special teams, the de- if Mac doesn't play in that game, I, I, if, you, if you have somebody who's worse than Mac, if, if you have a quarterback that sucks, as, P, as some people say, you know, Mac does, you're looking at 30 to six in that game. You're looking at like 36 to six. It, it's, it, it's a walk away from Miami. It's not even a game by the beginning of like midpoint of third quarter. It's just done. It's over. It's over. All right. Check out BSJ. The fellas doing great work there. 50 bucks for the year. Uh, Bedard and Giardi tag team and Patriots coverage. Let's quickly go through uh, three up, three down. Greg, first, you're three up. So I'm going to do this a little bit to troll Bill, but um, <laughs> Demario Douglas is my uh, number one. No, I can't do that. Uh, he only played like six snaps. I really want to do it. Um, so I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Matthew Judon. He was the most impactful guy on defense. Uh, half a sack, a hit, a hurry, a stuff. I didn't have him for any negative plays, so good job from Judon. And, All right. Uh, uh, should I just give – Yeah, give, give me my, three. Okay. Give, you, give you next two. Uh, just run through them. I'm going to go Mac, number two. Um, I thought he had a really good game. 
and I'll go um, Christian Gonzalez with the interception. He wasn't perfect in this game. He does cover really, really well. He really does. He can run a little bit with Tyreek Hill, um, even though, you know, he didn't get a ton of chances one-on-one to do that. But, you know, so far, two games into his career, uh, good stuff. I had Mac. I had Gonzalez on my list. And I'll throw in Brendan Schooler just because the epic field goal Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, three down. Uh, Calvin Anderson. I had him for uh, six total quarterback pressures in this game. Run stuff. Uh, He was bad. Uh, Michael Wenu, um, you know, only gave up two pressures, but he really wasn't good in this game, and he only played 46 snaps, so his rating uh, was a lot lower than some of the other guys who played all 74 snaps. And uh, let's see. I'm going to go – I'm going to go uh, – let's see, Kendrick Bourne. I'm going to go Devon Godchow. Um, yeah. You know, they moved him to – talk about another questionable decision on the defense. Like, they decided to put Daniel Ekawale and nose tackle a lot in this game. And, of course, on the 43-yard touchdown run, he gets completely washed out. And, I mean, he wasn't the only – Bentley was bad on that play. Uh, uh, Jabril Peppers was bad on that play. Duggar uh, took a bad Kyle angle. Duggar has to, you know, that's where Devin McCourty makes, at least for most of his career, maybe not last year, because I do think I remember him uh, missing a play like that. But Kyle Duggars has to be there. He took a terrible angle. He has to be the guy that brings him down or at least slows him up. And he didn't even lay a finger on the guy. Yeah, my list looks similar to yours. I had a, a Guale, I had Godchow, kind of split those two into one. Uh, Calvin Anderson was on my list. He was brutal. And I, I don't want to put too much on to Calvin Anderson. Uh, I don't know what the illness was that he dealt with. It's pretty, by the way, he described it sounded pretty serious. I'm going to give him a couple more weeks to maybe round into shape. Dude didn't play in the preseason. He wasn't out there in, in camp and now he's got to deal with stuff. So, but he wasn't good. He's on the down list. And Cole Strange was on my down list as well. Got a little better as the game went on, but first half was rough for Cole Strange. And if you're going to draft a guard in the first round, he best be really good. And he wasn't really good. All right. The episode brought to you by FanDuel exclusive wagering part of the CLNS media network. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. He's Greg. I'm Nick coming up later in the week. We preview jets and Dolphins, uh, jets and dolphins, jets and Patriots. But until then, uh, try to deal with the suffering.